Hi, I'm Chris Neosi, and you're listening to Bite. Welcome back to another episode of Button Mash, everybody. I am your host, Chase Streetman, reviews editor of Byte BSU. With me, I have... Dalton Martin, the assistant video editor for Byte. And with both of them... I didn't talk to you yet. Go. And with both of them, I'm Jake Doolin, the managing editor of Byte. Okay, tonight we wanted to talk a little bit about co-op games. Like, one of the big things in my life is sitting down with someone, even if it's like, even if it's online playing a co-op game with them. Do you guys like share that life experience? Yes. Yes. To a point. Yeah. My my co-op experience ended after I got rid of my uh, PlayStation and Xbox 360. Mistakes. Was, well, tradition like online co-op. I still co I mean Smash Bros definitely. I still have couch co-op games, but not so much online mm-hmm. cuz I really don't count Splatoon because I can't really build a relationship with someone on that's yeah but I, you totally did you you totally they, 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 you okay, have made one friends person, on splatoon one person i don't think that it's hard to make them okay. I, I would say that dalton uh i grew up because growing up before online services you kind of had to resort to uh, uh couch co-op and mm-hmm. I, th- I think i branched away from that when i actually got a 360 i've like started playing online more but i would still occasionally play with like a relative of mine for me like I know I keep in touch with friends, and I know my significant other and I are playing Dark Souls 2 right now, and it's just like, that's what we do together. But it's like, some of my best memories are playing Halo, Halo 2, like sitting next to someone on the couch. And it's just, I really started thinking about it. What do you guys think makes a good co-op game? Hmm. Not necessarily what makes the best quality co-op, but what makes a game fun to play co-op? To me, the best co-op experience I've had has been playing Legendary Halo 3 with three other people. That is such a fun one. All the way through. And I think what was fun about that was because it was a good mix of like strategy because it was hard to do on Legendary. You had to like talk to someone. But there was also moments where, you know, I think some of the better online games are like where you can play it kind of passively. I mean, Halo is kind of like when you get in the rhythm, you you know what you're doing. You can just talk to someone. You know, I always like having that barrier when I'm having a conversation with someone. I, I, I always have such a hard time if I don't have, like, something in my hand or, you know, something to crumple. This The game itself acts as this thing I can just, like, you know, put between us and, and I can talk. I've had deep conversations with people, you know, while throwing plasma grenades at a, at a grunt. Yeah, I absolutely have, too. A uh, friend of mine and I played through <laughs> Resistance 2's co-op, <laughs> which is geared towards four to six people. And we did with two, <laughs> so that's a mistake. But yeah, like for almost two years, we played that game. And it's like that is intrinsically linked to our growth as a friendship. Like there is an age in our friendship that is resistance to where these events happened in our lives. <laughs> what about you, Dalton? I'll say on my end, going back to Halo, like co-op kind of opens up a new gate to like different types of play because there was like there's a strategy of playing legendary because if you play solo if you die you got to start from the beginning now if someone dies like you're playing co-op you, your buddy can just go back and just hide out like, except well, you're just halo 2 in. yeah halo <laughs> <laughs> that is it's brutal uh and especially like couch uh, with multiplayer and stuff too you get like more of an interaction like competitiveness really drives for me and my friends when we used to play 
just making custom maps and just uh, game types, especially in Halo. Halo is like my go-to like game with other people. Mm-hmm. And it would just the inadvertent fun of just making something by accident. Because I know we one time we accidentally made a game set where everyone just had gravity hammers and everyone's gravity and like speed was jacked up. And it was chaos. <laughs> I Those are the best moments to share. Yeah, I remember um, my friends and I back in middle school and high school, we would get together like all the time and play custom game modes that people made in Halo 2. Mm-hmm. And the one that we always kept coming back to, aside from Rockets on Elongation, because that's the best Halo multiplayer has ever been, is the game we called, um, I think it was Ninjotic Chaos. And it was literally just Juggernaut with someone who was invisible, super fast, and had low gravity and an energy sword. And it's just like dumb stuff like that that's just like I still remember so clearly. And it's like I've played probably about 60 games in the past like four or five years. I don't remember most of them. I remember those moments though. And it's just like it's – for me – whether it's co-op or competitive, especially if you're in the same room as someone who you're talking to, that just cements moments in my life. Can I ask one quick question? So we Go all brought up it. we all brought up Halo yep. as like a, as the co-op. Mm-hmm. What is it about Halo? Because you know when you bring up Halo like classic, I'm talking like two, three, um, maybe one a little bit, but like those games with two people, like they. They hit people right in the heart. Like why? That's... Why one to a lesser degree? I'm, I, I'm I didn't curious know. I about didn't, that. I did not know a lot of people who had original Xboxes where I grew up. Well, then why'd you say two? Because there was a place that opened up in Hobart. It was this guy. He had like a little warehouse, and he had like six TVs, and you could pay five bucks to go in there, and he had them all hooked up. Like you could land party, <laughs> and you pay him five bucks, and you got like four hours. You could hang out there, and you could play Halo right. with a group of people. I know for me specifically, that was um. It's obviously one of the first good first-person shooters. And, like, everyone's going to say Gold, Nine, Doom. And it's like, I love those games. Half-Life. They aren't, like, (laughs) the modern-day first-person shooters. And I think Halo was, like, the one that told everyone, wow, this can actually work. So, like, first of all, that exploded into the public consciousness. Like, everyone knew Halo. It was a Jeopardy question in 2003. Mm. Like, video games don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then... um. Just the fact that everyone knew it and it was like one of those things where you're right, not everyone had an original Xbox. So it was very much like, here, come over and we'll play Halo. Like oh, yeah. that kind of thing. And I I know I was in like, I, there's a whole bunch of memories of the, the night my brother brought home an Xbox and we all got in trouble for letting me play Halo because I was six. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like ages like eight onward, I have been playing Halo games with friends on the couch together. And it's just like, that's, I would go so far as to say that is a whole, like a lot, lot, lot of people's first co-op experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it stick. Not necessarily the game itself, but that's childhood for a lot of us. Yeah, I would say like more memorable because I grew up like first console I ever had was an N sixty four, and I think that kind of goes like generationally wise. Like I played Goldeneye, but some people like they have that like on this pedestal. It's the greatest, but I never like identified with that. And but I grew up playing a lot of co op with Halo, so I think that's where that comes in. See, I grew up playing Goldeneye, and it's like it's. It was the best game at the time, but if you look at games at the time, they're all kind of (laughs) crap. 
rose tinted glasses. That yeah, whole, exactly. That whole thing. Exactly. It's so hard to go back and play that now. And like, my brothers and I actually uh, two Christmases ago we sat down and played it, and we were all so excited. And then when we started playing, we were just kind of like, "How? Oh, oh, I wish we hadn't." <laughs> yeah. Like, I think uh, maybe it was last year. Me and a few friends uh, revisited uh, Mario Kart sixty four. And none of us could finish the uh, the map. I think it was uh, Yoshi's Island. It was just all brown, and everything blended together, and you could not tell where you were going because <laughs> everything was that one color texture-wise. Yeah, those are those games where it's like they're they're important, but they they ain't they're not that great anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't you, know. I would say Mario sixty four is still crazy good. Like Toad, yeah. Toad's like Turnpike is still one of the best racing game levels of all time. There's there's games like that that kind of hold, but there are also games that you know they're important, but then they just really have no down. Just do not age well. Do not age well yeah. at all. Okay. Um, so here's a question I have, because we are reminiscing hard right now. Why do you guys think? Do you guys think it is a negative trend, both for like developers and consumers, that couch co-op and couch competitive is disappearing? I don't know because. My instinct would be like if I had memories of like playing on the couch with people, and I do. I, we play Smash all the time. But the the memories that stick with me in co op have all been online. Really, it's it's the Halo threes, you know, going through that entire thing on Legendary. It's the English kids who yelled at you in Call of Duty. <laughs> I was gonna say Call of Duty four Modern Warfare, getting in a clan on that. Like that. You were in a Call of Duty four clan. Yes. Really. Yes, and I was terrified because my mom let me. I was I was always afraid to talk to people on the mic because I didn't know how I sounded. I didn't want to, you know, bother people. And then eventually I just got to bothering people because it was funny. But like, <laughs> first off, when I got the mic, I was like, oh gosh. And I thought clans were the coolest thing. Like I was like, oh, if I get invited to a clan, would you want Phase be... Clan? Yeah. And like, what so, was your clan? I think it was. Like, don't act like you don't remember. I think it was like Cold Death. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. And I just remember getting the invite and just being like, hey, join our match. We're going to do a clan test or whatever. And, like, it was uh, – what's the Call of Duty 4 map that has, like, all the dust? Shipment. Shipment. Oh, wait, no, no. Call of Duty 4 map with dust. Uh, it has, like, the helicopter down in the middle. I know what you're talking oh, about. I can't um, remember what it is. Crash? Um, crash? Yeah. Yep, that's it. Crash. It, it was Crash. And, that is you know, one of the best maps. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we had the clan tryout, which I don't even know what the, what we were trying out for. I think it was just for you got to kill – if you got, I mean, like what the, what the requirements were to join the clan. Don't suck. But yeah, <laughs> get good. <laughs> but once I got, like, I remember that completely. I never met any of those people. I talked to them almost every day after school when I got on to play for an hour. But yeah, all mine have been like online, and I don't think it's like a bad thing. I mean, it, maybe if I had grown up with couch co-op. Do you think? Like, do you think yours is the typical experience? I don't know. That's I like. Now I would say it is. True. Now, now True. I would say it is. Uh, but I don't know if – because uh, I work at the YMCA with, with kids, and we talk about games all the time. And the games they play are like Minecraft online with their friends yeah. or they play Splatoon or other things. And those aren't like couch co-op. You could play couch co-op in Splatoon, but that's not the main function of it. Okay, so here, here's here's a question that I have to go along with this. Do LAN parties happen anymore? Mm. Like not necessarily like people get a bunch of desktops together and throw them all, but do people like – Lug a monitor in their console to the same spot. I wouldn't think so. Like, there's a place where I'm from, uh, New Albany, uh, Indiana, where there is a. Give us some more identifying information. <laughs> more identifying. Uh... Like your social security number. <laughs> but see, uh, 
they have like land part. They have the capabilities to do uh, land parties, but it's very rare and in between to people actually to do that because there is you can just get online and not have to do all the extra steps. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think it's the same. Like I don't know. Um, because then because at a land party you just have a bunch of people in a room together, whereas you're by yourself. I feel like those original land parties had this like feel of wow, we're doing something like no one else could do. Like, there was a certain level of, like, you had to know how to get a land party started. Like, yeah. <laughs> you had to have a certain... And it was, like, a big thing. Like, land parties, I, you know, the, the place I was talking about, the guy had, like, six TVs. That was huge for, like, a kid. Yeah. Like, six people playing the same game in the same room. That's so cool. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like now, like, online just captures that or, like, kind of... Yeah, oh. but I just, like, what you're describing right now, there's a certain kind of magic that is kind of associated with that. And, like, even as an adult now, that hasn't been lost. Like, when we all get together and, like, play Smash, that is, there's nothing, there's no other gaming experiences like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, as much as I think online play has become convenient, I think it has lost a certain degree of what made all of these memories of ours and I would say new memories because like our Smash Nights when we play Mario Kart stuff like that those are stick out to me just as much I think it's lost a bit of the magic that made gaming so cool as a kid yeah do you think that VR would change that do you think if if what co-op would be in a, a VR type world are you asking if if VR is immersive enough, if it would remove that wall of not being in yeah. the same room, because obviously you you wouldn't have to be in the same room with the VR, but there I don't know, like I feel like that that extra component of of like almost feeling like you're there could could replace that idea of like you know the 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 distance between me and Dalton right now. I don't know. I could absolutely kind of um see that beginning to happen because looking at my experience with um okay with my clan in uh, Destiny. There are people who I absolutely identify by how their character looks, and it's like those are intrinsically related to me. It's almost as if I know that person as that character. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you make that experience more immersive where it feels more like I am actually in the game, Mm -hmm. it would feel more like I am actually with that person, even if it is their character. Mm. So I think it could – that could be the bridge to a bit more of that magic than we currently see. Yeah, that would be kind of cool to see. It's just so interesting because, like, when you're when you're in that, you know. It, have, you, have you used VR stuff? I've used um, Google Cardboard and I've used some of the phone VR. I have not used like a, a Rift or nothing, but like just that. I want it so bad. Uh, like over Christmas, I got my dad uh, the viewfinder VR. He put his phone in. And he can like he was like, "I'm in Paris, Jake." And, was <laughs> and it was it was cool to see him like because he was really into it and like uh, he and my mom would like share like the VR and stuff and it was just like. Even though it's such a weird disconnect, like you're in Paris or something, they shared like this weird like connection type thing. And like even me when I was, he's like, "Come, Kieran, Kieran, come look at this." And I look at it and I'd be like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Like, it, it was just like there was something. It was like a little bit of a wall was removed in terms of like you know a shared experience. But like I don't know, I, I'd have to like see like what a rift would do or like what a game would do. See what you're talking about right here. Like just it's kind of made me realize that when I. When I'm thinking of, like, the magic of couch co-op, couch um, competitive, it's not so much the actual playing together that I think of as a kid. I'm realizing that it's, like, the fact that gaming has always been a shared experience for me. Hmm. Like, even as a kid, playing, like, let's say Pokemon, it would be, like, 
I would be so excited to tell my brothers, like, this is what I caught. This is the cool Pokemon I have yeah. now. And it's like, everything has always been like that for me. And it's like, now I'm beginning, now we're going to get a little bit heavy here. I'm beginning to wonder if it's so much adulthood where it's like people are separating more than normal than it is the fact that we have less split screen games. Hmm. What do you think, Dalton? I have something I was going to say. Uh, I wouldn't. Hmm, that's a very interesting like look into that. Uh, I don't necessarily say that's the reason why. Uh, personally, the reason I haven't like played a lot with like friends of mine back home is just there was that separation because everyone switched to PS4s and I have an Xbox One. <laughs> that, Shout that, out. That naturally just ruined like you can't play with each other anymore. Yeah. So that messes that up and. Like in the past, there wasn't as much of a variety to choose from, because if you think about it, everyone's like, I had my NES back then, and I think Sega had a few things. There weren't there weren't like so many different things that people could be separated by. And also, and, consoles just weren't so prevalent that everyone had their own thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that could have also like been a factor into why yeah. co uh, ops just kind of dying away. Just because not everyone that you're friends with can actually play with anymore, and that may be why people are going to online and trying to play with different people that they're yeah, not familiar but with. Wouldn't you think that, that would push towards more local co-op? Because it's like, as more people, as the the console ownership gets more diversified, you would kind of think, well, this is a co-op game that we have made, I'm speaking as a developer, I want someone to play this, but not everyone has friends who would also be able to buy the same game on the same console. Wouldn't you think that, like, um, I know, um, okay, Halo 5. Yes. One of my friends has a PS4. Mm -hmm. We have played every single Halo game co-op, and most of them we played online, but but we've also gone back over time and played couch co-op. Halo 5 was the first one that we absolutely could not play online. And yes. I was like, it's okay, we're going to play co-op anyway. They announce they announce there's not going to be split screen. I haven't bought Halo 5. And I know that obviously I'm not telling the main, the main story that most people have in regards to Halo 5. But wouldn't you think that it would be beneficial to have, especially in co-op games, the ability to do that? So I was going to say, uh, going back to the Halo 5 thing. Yeah. There were so many people that were upset about that, and it was amazing because I go on the Halo subreddit a lot, and there were threads just constantly like berating three four three for like I have kids and this is like we used to play that like play this together and now I can't, and it's like wow why? okay that's actually an interesting. You don't really think about gamers becoming parents. I know like a lot of people. <laughs> it's it's I thought like I think a lot of people are still like getting used to because gaming as a whole really was like considered this like small niche type market now. It's a like, very juvenile a thing yeah. too. There's a lot of people like, that got into it now, and one of the things is now I think three four three later said like that was a mistake on our end. We'll definitely make sure it's a part of it next entry. Did they really? I think so. Okay, because yes. I never heard about that. Uh, I, I also never heard about the parents being upset they couldn't play with their kids. And it's like that was like one of the few like things like I kept seeing like re mentioned over and over in these threads. I was like, dang. Yeah, that's that's a pretty strong point against it. Mm-hmm. I wonder like um, if they just assume that because people are so connected through other realms, you have social media, you have other things that connect you online, that they just assume that the traditional friend, which I'm assuming that's what they think, but I don't think a lot of people think of the family unit yeah. playing getting games together, especially not Halo. I think that's like that's really cool that families do that, but I don't think that's the, the, the family they're thinking of. I think they think of co-op as friends, and I think that they think that friends now are 
an online type of thing. So that's why maybe the focus isn't so much on, you know, couch co-op. It's more focus on, like, online play because they think that's where your friends are. Not realizing that, you know, you have – people make friends in real life, you know, you, yeah. and want to play games together. It should be said, however, that we do absolutely understand that it's a, de- it's a development restraint to add in couch co-op. Like, mm-hmm. we do understand that. Yeah. And this is by no means saying that I don't absolutely love the – evolution of online play Mm -hmm. because that has honestly done about as much for my relationships as couch co-op ever did Mm -hmm. and see going back to that with the developmental like reasoning for why i think their explanation why for uh, removing it was everybody wants to go for that 60 frames per second Mm -hmm. and if they included split screen that would take it down a bit see i would be so okay with that if it was isolated to the split screen Mm mm-hmm because if I'm looking at split screen, it doesn't matter to me if yeah, it's running 60 frames a second because it already looks worse than the main game. It Like, I'm not in split screen to see the glorious beauty of the game. The people who are going to review that game aren't going to review it in split screen, so you're not going to get down points for that. Like, I think that was a major mistake on their part. If yeah. the only If, other than a bit more development time, the only restriction was the fact that it wouldn't run at 60 FPS. Yeah, Halo seems pretty much destined to have couch co-op that's one of those games it's that like the couch co-op it, it is the couch co-op game if you know if something like um call of duty didn't have couch co-op i wouldn't be as like oh that's surprised yet couch co-op still exists in call of duty black ops 3 and it is so good i didn't even know they were still doing couch co-op on they those totally but are. like love it it, it, with Halo without it just seems like it's missing a core component. It's like saying like we're going to take couch co-op away from Mario Party or Mario Kart. It just it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, like specifically in regards to shooters, to me that's like saying you can't do multiplayer in Doom. Oh, like yeah. that's just a core component of the game. It's practically like removing co-op. Mm-hmm. Like obviously that's an exaggeration, but it's just like that's yeah. what Halo is though. Is it also maybe because a lot of a lot of uh, developers are moving away from single player? Because without single that's also a mistake. If like gaming as a whole moves from single player, but luckily I don't think we're looking at. That. I, I I mean like traditionally like a lot of things like uh, you know a lot of shooters. We're talking a lot about shooters for co-op, but there's other co-op games that yeah. aren't shooters. But I'm just saying like in general like the the move from like an uh, single player to an online component. Obviously, without a single player component, usually that's where the the dual screen comes in. I mean, you might have like shared co-op online. I think Call all, of Duty. all the call, all yeah. the Call of Duty yeah, games yeah. do that. You, you could do that on that, but and I've done, I've done my fair share of that too. Mm-hmm. But I think like I don't know if that's just because they're moving away from single player and they're like, well, we don't have single player. I mean, what are they going to do co-op wise? Well, let's just not have it. Well, I mean, it's kind of a the problem with um, the focus towards multiplayer is that it is a the reasoning behind it seems to make sense. But I would argue that it necessarily doesn't because what we see for the shift towards multiplayer, especially with Star Wars Battlefront, we saw the argument that about 80% of the player's time was spent in multiplayer and about 20% of the player's time was spent in single player. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I get that, but that's because we keep playing and replaying multiplayer. It's not because we didn't appreciate the single player. Mm -hmm. Like I know looking at Battlefront 2, I played a lot of the multiplayer in that. I remember the single player. I remember the single player was the the Galactic Conquest. That was the major loss. That was the best part of the game, and it's (laughs) it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like if you look at it sheerly sheerly based on time spent in, 
I think that's a mistake. But if you look at value the player puts on something, that's where you should start looking at it. Because, like, I don't know. I like the Call of Duty stories. It would make sense to me if Call of Duty just spent 100% of their development time on making the best possible multiplayer. Which is interesting because on Steam, they just made a separate... You can buy the multiplayer separately. separately. I'm like... Yeah. The last three Call of Duty games have had separate clients for multiplayer and single player because you can basically buy them separately. And I don't blame them because I played Black Ops 3 storyline awful. We could we could fight about that. <laughs> we could fight about that for. I I, I don't know because my Call of Duty expertise ends at Modern Warfare Two. Sure. I like the first two Call of Duty Modern Warfare like storylines. I would replay those Third all the time. Crap. Third one's crap. <laughs> Third one's crap. Okay, so maybe I didn't miss out on like continuing that. But yeah, I love the single player and like um, I I, I don't know why. I mean like removing it. There's a lot of problems. I think just like even even just saying like people spend twenty percent of the time. That's twenty percent. Like that's that's. You know, removing something and not giving anything back, that's always going to bug me. Well, like, it's its kind of ignoring the fact that, yes, within that statistic, the average player spends 20% of the time there and 80% of the time there. It's also ignoring people who spend 100% of their time in single player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, um, Call of Duty Ghosts never touched the multiplayer in that game. He hardly did. <laughs> yeah, 100% played the single player, loved the single player. Felt like I got ripped off a little bit because it was like a six-hour campaign and I spent $60 a game. Regardless, things like um, Titanfall, it was supposed to be like the juggernaut of the multiplayer-only game. And it, for the record, that was like in my top five two years ago. Like yeah. I adore Titanfall. It's one of the best shooters come out in a long time. Even Respawn is saying, yeah, Titanfall 2, we're going to look at having a single player because people want a single player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I feel like it's just like an added component to keep you coming back. Because let's say, you know... You get into a couple bad multiplayer matches, you don't want to play multiplayer anymore. What else is the game going to offer you? And I mean, I'm not trying to say like every game should offer you know, you know, a bunch of stuff for you to do, but it helps to have like that single player component there just because you know you can go hop in there if you're not having a good couple multiplayer matches and you know, shoot some guys on easy and feel good about yourself. Yeah, and I mean, additionally, we look at the thing where it's like eventually those your servers are going to be a ghost town on multiplayer, like. Developers need to face that as a fact, and it's like, so do you just not want people to ever play that game again, or what? Yeah, there's never ever anything to come back to it, like Titanfall. Titanfall's it not evolved. dead on PC. And Evolve. Evolve's kind of just... Evolve is a ghost town. They're desperately trying to get people onto that, and like, It is can't. on sale 90% of the time, because they just want someone on those servers. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it, the that people was who invested game, a lot of money into that game... Just people are gone. They can so never. They money. can't join it again. How that, much was like the the DLC? You could stuff? spend about two hundred fifty dollars on everything. Game, I think. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like Titanfall. I still go back on on PC every once in a while. And it's like it's not dead, but it is not bustling. And it's like, yeah. is it one of those communities that is like kept alive by? Absolutely. It's this is one of those communities that when they try to shut the servers down, they're gonna pull a Halo two and keep playing for the next the, twelve yep. like twelve, twenty four hours. I was gonna bring up the Halo two thing. That's one of my fond memories of when that was getting shut down. I just remember like hearing about like the last few guys still like playing like, locking Slayer. locking out all the other players and it's like um, I wish that's one of those things that I wish had been able to be streamed because I would have loved to watch the last players play Halo two. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh Halo Waypoint like before uh they actually did something like that they actually yeah. had like the last like game and moments and then it just went to black that's amazing <sighs> that's that's so sad like that's i i 
the fact that like we would lose games like that, like mm-hmm. there'd be no way to play them. Like that that bums me. Well, out. That's not true. There's not no way to play them because of local multiplayer, land land okay. multiplayer, yeah. which it supported. Yeah, and I'm talking about like, now. Games now, now Master Chief yeah. Collection, we can play Halo Two multiplayer yeah. again. I was referring to games like if so. I'm not. Well, I mean, games now, we're looking at once a company stops existing, we it's don't gone. have the rights yeah. to those games anymore. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm looking at my Steam library, and it's like, I have, like, 156 games on there. Valve goes out of business. I don't have games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because unless they're downloaded onto my computer, I don't have access to these things that I technically own, and that's so weird. Yeah. And even then, you actually need, like, the client itself to actually play it. And then certain, when it's gone, certain ones. Certain ones have to verify with the client. Yeah. Which... Uh, that's that's <laughs> horrifying. It's like it's yeah. this like it's um, I'm playing Dead Space two right now. Mm-hmm. One of the best games of last generation. Full stop. To play the single player, you have to verify with EA servers, and it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> this is a single player game that happened to have some surprisingly good multiplayer tacked on. Mm-hmm. That with for whatever reason EA just disappears off the face of the map. You if can't they, get on it anymore. Or if they shut down that server. Exactly. There's like I guarantee you there is one server operating Dead Space 2 on PC right now. <laughs> Probably the next few years they're just like shut it down. I hope not. <sighs> yeah. That that would just like makes you question like how are these games being archived? You know? Cuz I mean like they are important aspects of of the culture itself. That also makes us look at um, all the um, – there's an argument being made right now that cracking a game that doesn't have um, functioning shir- servers shouldn't be illegal because the the person who technically owns the rights of the game has made it unplayable so they can't make money off of it anymore. So it shouldn't be – it's not hurting them to be having the game stolen. Mm-hmm. And have unverified copies out there. What do you guys think about that? I I can agree with it. I yeah. can see like just in terms of I'm looking at this as a person who wants who would want to preserve things. Yeah. Because I do think like video games need that. They need to have like you know something that archives the history of like how the medium goes. And well, I mean, on a fundamental level, games are art, and you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect other pieces of art to just vanish. Like, that's considered a tragedy when art's just gone. Mm-hmm. And even going to that, just, like, the way it, like, it shouldn't be an issue because there's no way at some point it, you can't monetize it anymore because that company's either now defunct or they just moved on to better things. And just trying to charge for something that like, you even know you've, like, you've pulled the plug on, that's just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was a problem with that recently. Like, there was some game that's I'm not going to say a publisher because I'm not 100% on it, was still selling even though it was literally impossible to play because servers were dead. I think I heard something about that, too. I can't remember what the game was, yeah. but yeah. And it's just like, that seems more unethical than cracking the game to me. Mm-hmm. For the record, we are not condoning cracking and piracy no. of no. <laughs> currently operating servered games. We are talking specifically about the hypothetical of a game having its servers go down and therefore making a game defunct. Like, yes. uh, even even though uh, the MMO Star Wars Galaxies is no longer operating. Which, did you guys read any of the features about the death of Star Wars Galaxies? I did. I believe Game Informer did one. It was, that, I think that's the one. Sti- was, it sticks with me. Because they let anyone, like any NPC character you could just play as for like the last few hours. I'm like, yeah. oh man, that's adorable. But even though its official servers are gone, people have still found a way to actually just make their own server, and it's still going on today. Really? Yes. See, that's that's like 
that's special to me. Because, mm-hmm. like, one of the things I remember hearing about Star Wars Galaxy is there were people who all they were were traders. Like, they just wanted to run their, like, cloth, their cloth trade mm-hmm. in this incredible world and make friends doing that. And it's just, like, all of a sudden that world was gone and was replaced with, like, a crappy uh, World of Warcraft clone. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... It's cool that people are still keeping that alive. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to keep those things alive too, because the people who work on those games—I mean, most more often than not, those people aren't responsible for those specific artists and people aren't responsible for the, the you know the for the pulling shit. the plug, yeah, yeah. pulling the plug and stuff. That that's hours and hours and you know, saying hours, of, it's years, years of work, of hard work on things, and just to have them completely gone, like it just. Any, I think any game needs to be archived, really, because it's important. Like, really, it is important just to just to chart things. It makes me so like when the PT thing happened. Yeah, that's almost unforgivable because yeah. of, given how much of a cultural icon it is, mm-hmm. I'm so glad some people are, have my best complete... friend still has it on his PS4 and will not Good. get rid of it. And we still stream it from time to time because it's like this. This is something that really matters. Like, I remember reading some kind of. Uh, article on Polygon or something where where it was like Konami has created essentially like the first real creepypasta because like if things if that game really did disappear imagine like trying to tell people years down the road like that game existed like, yeah you yeah. know like yeah there was PT existed and it was this crazy thing that no one knew about and yeah, that's why it's important to keep those things around because you know I remember we lost some time we were a few years ago uh, joking around uh, I was still in high school because Flappy Bird was still all the craze and I was like I found it hilarious that people were actually sad how, like, Flappy Bird just is gone, and if you deleted it, you can no longer re-download it. But then PT happened. I'm like, I sympathize with y'all now. Yeah. <laughs> to it, extent. Not going to lie, I kept Flappy Bird on my phone during the time that you I still have it on my couldn't. iPad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as goofy as it is, I still have Meme Run on my Wii. <laughs> yeah, which you are, like, the only person who thinks that's an important thing to, to keep. I and think... it's like, I get it from one mindset, but, God, that game is a turd. It's a it's a turd, but you know what? It's, it's I, a moderately important I, but turd. But no one else has it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's an important thing because you can look at it and be like, Nintendo allowed this. For a moment. <laughs> for a moment. Nintendo allowed this for a moment. And, like, yeah, I think it's any any of those games. Like, Flash games, I I worry all the time about Flash games. Cause, oh, like, absolutely, because there are some that are just incredible that I just remember for years. Mm-hmm. Like, and th- they could so easily be gone forever. Yeah, because they're all just hosted by whatever website yeah. allows you to put them through their portal. Man, if Congregate goes out of business, gone. <laughs> Congregate, Newgrounds, Addicting Games, things like that. They, mm-hmm. It would be so easy for them just to be like, White. yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I remember at our library back home in Hobart, they would let you rent out uh, old computer CDs with the CD key so you could like install on your computer and you could play. And they had all the Oregon Trails. And I used to think, oh, that's kind of goofy. They have all the Oregon Trails. But then I was like... A library really should have this stuff, you know? I'd agree. It's so, like, you know, it's goofy. You know, you go in there, you check out, you know, the Oregon Trail, you play it for a little bit. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's I like having that resource available to, like, go to the library and, like, check something out. It was, uh, you know, I, if I was older, I could have maybe used that for research purposes. See, if you think about it this way, like, there's games with, like, narratives that are going on to this day. Like, one thing that goes to mind, like, we're in the fourth iteration of Fallout, there's some people who may have played, uh, played Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4, but have never played the original. I think that's most people, to be honest. Yes. yes. But then again, that's like part of the lore you'll never experience or know. Or Even Fallout 1 is a di- just totally different game compared to what it is now. Like, now it's a first-person shooter with RPG elements. 
it, before it was before just it a was top a down. practically unplayable piece of crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have the internet somewhat that archives some of the stuff. Like you could, but you can't. The internet doesn't really like archive the game itself. I mean, like Steam has it up there, but like again, if Steam ever goes down, it's not there anymore. Like, I mean, where where is Fallout gonna be in that case? Like. Further, the modern trend of DRM and the old trend of CD keys and everything like that, it kind of makes it so that that's still happening to, like, every game. Because it's not like you can share an old CD. Like, I have a copy of Diablo 2 sitting in my room that's useless to everyone because it's just an installer. It doesn't have a CD key associated with it because I used that key. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at a point, you can't show people Diablo 2 anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a weird thing because, like, there was this, like, dark period where... Every game, like even like for just like consoles in general, like you cannot access certain features unless you had like a download pass. code and stuff like that. Multiplayer mm-hmm. passes, and like mm-hmm. you can't like even today. Like I had something for Need for Speed. If I wanted to play the multiplayer for Need for Speed, I would have to go out of my way to show like an extra nineteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm so glad that trend died. Multiplayer yes. passes. Oh yeah, that was the worst thing. Even for a Mass Effect Two, it had that like Cerberus network that. Lock things behind unless you had that. Yeah, but that was that was more like was um, integral. That was more like the you play thing where it's like, oh yeah, you can get this kind of cool gun if you have this. Oh yeah, you can get this different skin. It wasn't like like there were some missions with the hammerhead and that's about it. Yeah, true. But mm. like, I don't know. That's that's such a weird thought that it's like games now so cater to the immediate moment. Yeah. Whereas games before used to be like. There's no way anyone can stop me from going back and playing Super Mario. There's no way anyone can stop me from going back and playing Tetris for the NES. Mm-hmm. I if let's see, I'm trying to think of something that's just dead. Um, I think Duke Nukem is finally dead. Like their multiplayer <laughs> is gone, and it takes it. It doesn't. Unfortunately, it doesn't. Maybe take I'll a change my mind about saving everything. Yeah, for real. But it's <laughs> Is just it like Duke Nukem Forever, or just the original Duke Nukem Forever. Okay. You know, I have a copy of that game snapped in half inside the case. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking. It is sitting on That's a bookshelf. It was awful. Like, all the hype and build-up for that just fell flat. Well, it's because it was in development for 12 years. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, at a certain... It's so weird that modern gaming has become so much of a business that it's gone so far to protect itself that it's completely eliminated any of its lasting capabilities. Mm-hmm. Like, any other, like media like industry does not have that like it's easy to find films and stuff yeah like there's like you don't push, pop in a dvd and it says hey pay 12 bucks to actually be able to watch it please insert your uh key that you were the, yeah the like, blu-ray what? key the blu-ray key that will only to watch work. pirates of the caribbean please connect to the pirates of the caribbean network oh i remember when like blu-ray first came out and they had those weird features where like uh you put the dvd in and like i actually it, really like that it, 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 it was goofy and like when you connected the internet, there's all this stuff that was popping up, and like people who are watching it now can communicate with you, and like yeah, it, it was movies for like I had lost in translation, and like I do not <laughs> need to know what's going on, you know, all these Did different. Did you communicate menus. with other people who happen to be watching <laughs> Lost in Translation? No, because it was such a, it was such like a, I'm trying to watch the movie. I don't care what the, the answer like, isn't. No, because of anything other than the fact that no one owns Lost in Translation on Blu-ray. Well. 
If they did, we could communicate to this day, probably. <laughs> I bet you could. Hey, what's going on? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's pop in Lost in Translation sometime soon and see if anyone's watching I it connected will, to the what? internet. Hello. I will try to do that when you come over tomorrow. Awesome. I will try to <laughs> have a Lost in Translation party. Everyone, blast it. Get on it. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, other than like pieces of art that literally only have one ver- one existing version of them, is there any other medium that has this kind of problem happening where it's just fundamentally disappearing as time goes on music to an extent really it depends on the type of music artists who are on a label they're somewhat protected the art the the label like keeps the the sound files they keep things relatively archived i'm talking about artists who are on bandcamp on soundcloud does soundcloud um remove accounts after a certain amount of inactivity Mm -hmm. okay so that stuff actually will disappear eventually. Mm -hmm. and the thing is Wow. Uh, SoundCloud's in the news recently because there's a good chance they might be shut down completely because oh, of, uh, like, copyright stuff. Um, just a lot of people are suing them for – because essentially SoundCloud is, like, a DJ-type website. You upload your files, and there's a lot of mashups. And, like, mashups really are fair use. And like, 100%. Yeah. So there's been a lot of – they've been getting just sued a ton because they – SoundCloud really does protect their artists. Like, they, they step up and, like, you know – they do not take things down like immediately. They'll tell you like, "Hey, we're getting." Except for your Carly Rae Jepsen night court. That was that was straight up. I will not. Yeah, because you, you just that, sped it up like point yeah. five percent. Typically, they they are very good about defending stuff. But like, if if SoundCloud were to go down, that's I don't even know how much music goes down. And Bandcamp too. If Bandcamp goes down at any point, those artists who don't have a label, who don't have things like archived, that's gone. Completely, the world is a well, beautiful like, place. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that those bands themselves don't have their own copies of the music. That's true, and we and they could obviously like make a, a file like and and transfer it. But like again, what if, what if those files get deleted? Like art itself is destructible. Like I don't think there is any set art that is not destructible or deteriorating. But it's not the matter of its destructibility. It's the matter of its inherent degradation and disappearance. MP3s can degrade. MP3s can, yeah. Hit me with some knowledge, Jake. MP3s, the sound, the sounds can get worse and worse the more you listen to them. Listen, what? Yeah, the sound. My mind's blown now. Yeah. That doesn't make that make okay. In MP3s, terms of in terms of how computers work, that makes no sense. I will, if I give you a car ride today, I will play you a MP3 that I have played over and over. And You're going to give me a car ride today just so you yeah. can prove this witchcraft to me. I will play you an MP3 that I've played over and over and over and over again, and the sound. You will have to turn my car radio all the way up just to hear it because I've played it over and over again. It, MP3, it takes a long time to do, but MP3s do like the sound quality does go down. You know, now that what? you say that, that actually because when you freshly download a song, it sounds different than after a while, mm-hmm. and I think and I that's guess not that makes because, sense. It's, it's not just because you're getting used to it; it's because the MP3 does. You know the sound. You guys file. are punking me right now. I, no, I honestly, Ashton Kutcher is going that. to come out of retirement and come into this I'm, room. I'm a hundred percent serious. MP3s will de- they do they deteriorate and like people like recently have tried like FLAC files and stuff, but even those like they're higher quality MP3 files. They will still deteriorate over time. Like the more you listen to them, well, then you would just. Get more MP3 files? No, no, no. Not get more MP3 files. But if this lying is true, (laughs) then you should just, um, the initial recording of the thing, just uh, make fragment MP3 files of that. Well, eventually those will go down and then you'll have to keep pulling from it. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're saying the more it's played, the more it degrades. If it just sits, does it degrade? I 
Because because if you say yes to this, I know you're lying because that wouldn't I, make any. sense. I do sense. not believe that they. If you just leave them, they will not. I mean, like. So then you I just figure, keep one thing as like the seed file, like that you take everything else from. Yeah, but then what? What happens when the computer you have that file on? I think a lot of people contradict themselves just talking about this, and it's. It's like weird. What, what kind of stuff are we seeing? Uh, Dalton's looking up the MP3 degradation thing. So some people are saying it does not degrade over time if it's just sitting there in a hard drive. Yeah. Okay. But there are some people saying that it does if it's like used over time, and also people are saying that it's like converted to a FLAC file that will never happen. Yeah. Uh, FLAC files mm-hmm. are like considered the higher, like quality version of an MP3. You can't even listen to a FLAC file on iPods or stuff, it's like they just can't read them. I tried they're, they're, Yeah, they're very they're what? very high quality. Like, you said that like something happened. But even those, <laughs> even those, they will eventually deteriorate. I'm, I That's kid insane. You not. It's, it's the whole like not using them thing. It's the same thing like when you have a vinyl record. That vinyl record won't deteriorate until you use it. But like mm-hmm. every time you use that vinyl record, you're removing more and more of the quality. Yeah, but I would absolutely say there is a fundamental difference between a vinyl record, which it's you scratch physical. to make the music come out, and an MP3, which you just say, "Yeah, I mean, go." But they it all deteriorates. So, that, like, yeah, I need to know the science behind that. I will. I will look up the science. Yo, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Will you drop a sick rap track on us, teaching us <laughs> why MP3s deteriorate? Well, actually, he's an astrophysicist, so I'm that's sure not he really still his. knows. I mean, I'm sure he knows, but I doubt like that's his forte. Please mm-hmm. collaborate with Bill Nye. <laughs> but I, I think that yeah, that's something to consider. Like most computer files can, you know, do that. So but, to a lesser degree, all art is yeah. fundamentally disappearing. All, all art is fundamentally disappearing. Which is that's why I I like. Well, I mean that's kind of that's kind of like how um, if it weren't for ROMs and stuff being made, eventually we wouldn't have any of those cartridge games anymore. Mm-hmm. There's an importance to those ROMs. Are they necessarily legal? Well, no. See, but... that's still the debate of the game doesn't exist anymore. Shouldn't we be able to make? Shouldn't we be able to use this not legal version? Yeah. See, I think there is a uh, there's somewhere in Washington that actually archives all of these. And games? It, there's certain games. They're like really? ones that you can actually put online. They're so small and they're old, like from the 70s. Fascinating. Uh, and they put them on this one website. I've actually gone to a few times, and there's like thousands of games that are just like low quality. You've probably never heard of them. They're just so bad, but you can play them if you want. Is it like the original things, like Maze, that kind of thing? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Minor thing. Um, I, I found something that clears up the whole MP3 degradation thing. Okay. All all files, all files degrade. What's that word? Deg- degradate. Degradate. And it's because degrade. your storage. Wow, we are dumb. Yeah. It's degrade. Oh, it's because your storage degrades too ah. over time. So your files degrade as, just as much as your storage does. Okay. All files do though. And again, so if I open a word file 10 billion times, eventually it's going to corrupt. Yes. Okay. Same thing with an MP3, same thing with anything like Okay, that makes sense to me then. Yes. Okay, so, that thinking of it through that mindset of it's not necessarily the act of playing it, but the act of retrieving it. Mhm. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So interesting thing I just looked up is there are a lot of universities that actually are archiving video games and other forms of digital media. Okay. One of the main ones is the University of Texas actually. 
And what do they UT, say? UT, what, what? They actually say they seek to preserve and protect the work of video games, video game developers, publishers, and artists for use by a wide array of researchers, and that they actively uh, are trying to get people to donate game software, hardware, documents, art, digital records, promotional materials, and business records related to those games. Wow. And that the archive seeks not only materials from the game designers and producers, but also documentation on the games the gameplay and advocacy organizations related to the game industry. And do they just try to like pick out important things or is it everything? I think it's anyone that donates something to them they'll take. Fascinating. Yeah. I wonder yeah, if it was like importance, I wonder how they would relegate that. Like anything makes sense to me. Like uh, if it was hmm. I just got a weird thought. I'll bring it up in a second. No, no, go for it. It was I was just like, okay, so I, I think video games are an art. I think we can all agree video games are an art. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would be doing what we're doing if we didn't think yeah. that to a degree. Um, I was just thinking, like, what a museum would look like. Like, just in terms of, I like, I mean, your, that your, exists. Your... There's a traveling exhibit that's the history of video games. I well, think... I, I, that's cool. I didn't know that. But I, I'm talking, like, a traditional, I mean, museum. What would that even... Because, I mean, like, I, I, I would... I think some, some video games deserve to be, like, in that kind of, of place. But I'm just trying to think, like, how that would even work like would the person come up to the controller and play or would you that's how the exhibit i'm talking about is it does yeah it's like um the important games throughout history and it's like playable modules and um i think it was in germany as well recently and like they have some novelties some really important games some games that just sold a whole bunch of money because it's like um uh the pain station thing you know what i'm talking about it's Pong that slaps, burns, and st- and shocks you. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's brutal. But I just found the uh, – it's actually just archive.org. It's It has an internet arcade, and it just hosts a web-based library. It's a web-based library of coin-operated video games from, like, the 70s. And so if you felt like it, you could play the Three Stooges <laughs> arcade game. Uh, you could play Defender. That oh, makes me so happy. That's actually that, really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of vague ones I've never heard of. Like, uh, but that makes me so happy that, that, that they're willing to give the the Three Stooges game the same treatment as Defender. And there's just a you bunch know? of random ones on. You can play yeah, Joust. I don't. I don't think there's an Indiana Jones game on here. You don't. You don't do that in other art forms, and there's a reason you don't do that in other art forms. You're not going to see Norbit in a freaking uh, <laughs> museum alongside. Um, but I feel like it's just what am, as what important. Norbit is just as important. It's not. What if it's like an Eddie Murphy museum? To chart the history of certain things, I th- you can't. You like, are now arguing to me. I'm not saying Nor- Norbit's good. You're saying that Norbit is as important as move as. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out here, and I want you to make this argument to me. <laughs> Norbit is as important as Schindler's List. Oh, you're setting me up with a with a. Okay, I'll not do a genocide movie. Yes, Norbit is as important as. No, that one's actually bad though. It's not. It's not good. It's just important. Battleship okay. Earth. Well, yeah, important. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't say Norbit. No, was I know, good. but I want to. I want to have a movie that is good and important. I want you okay. to tell me that Norbit um, Fight Club. Norbit is as important as Fight Club. Norbit is as important as Fight Club? Well, I would argue this that... This is the best podcast we've ever I had. I would argue... I don't know how you could honestly argue for that. I agree with you. That's, I agree. All right. Okay, okay. let's just... Let's Generally, you think that that Fight Club is important. And I think that most people can, can look at that movie and see David Fincher's work as important in that movie and certain things... That movie is still talked about to this day 
still a vital like piece now of, my of second cinema. favorite end shot of all time. Yes, so that movie is important for a lot of reasons. Norbit is an Oscar-nominated movie for makeup. Oh my God, was it really? Yes, seriously, fascinating. Yes, you okay. win. Full yes. stop. I didn't know that. That makes sense. Yes. I would never have expected that. But this is the thing. Even removing stuff like every movie has some element, or every piece of art, I think, has some element that even the worst art, even hatred, I would say, deserves to be archived. Hatred is important, though. Hatred is important. Okay, I it would say- It served a cultural per- What I What really matters is the stuff that's mediocre and didn't- Ninja Bread Man. Ninja Bread Man for the What Wii. is Ninja- <gasps> Ninja oh, yeah. Man. That game is important because that is like the epitome of shovelware. And if the Wii is not defined by shovelware, <laughs> then how can we like accurately define the Wii? Uh, I mean, I would really, when we're talking about the Wii, I would say that the shovelware for the Wii was really more like the 12 billion fishing games that went on there. I would love to have an entire exhibit devoted to all the fishing games that were put on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, in the same regard, like somewhere down the future, there's going to have to be a museum of like exhibits of like different old consoles. And you know, the Ouya is going to be somewhere on there just as a tragedy. Exactly. Until you just said the word, I forgot the Ouya existed. It, most, people don't, mm-hmm. most people don't even consider it a console, which is hilarious. Well, okay. Games that were developed for the Ouya play the worst on the Ouya. Yes. Like uh, one of my favorite games of, I think it came out two years ago, was Towerfall Ascension. Mm-hmm. You don't even need an Ouya to play it now. No, no, it's on Steam. On Ouya, it runs at half speed. <laughs> Amazing. No joke. So to get like the terrible, crappy like version of that, you actually need an Ouya. Yeah. Someone like archives the the Ouya bad po- the, the bad port of this game <laughs> is the first version of the game. But even then, it's nice to have like that piece of of history to look back and say, wow. They really screwed up this Ouya thing, you know, and let's look at some of the examples. Okay. Um, I don't know. The only thing I could really think to argue that is stuff like um, Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified Edition on Wii. <laughs> I mean, like, wasn't there even like a PSP like Go version of that? It was better than the Wii version. If we if we remove games that are like bad, bad ports, bad ports and stuff, yeah. we are essentially like saying that like the Call of Duty series really didn't have that much like wrong like that's to me like that removes a part of the Call of Duty history. Yeah. Okay. Call of so Duty Call of Duty wants to forget about it. But the thing is like I don't think sh- they really care. Well, they don't I mean like they're not putting it out there that you know we had declassified and all this like they, aren't, they aren't making more Wii games. We will never see declassified in like a you know 20 years down the line a retrospective of Call of Duty and you know like all these shots of modern warfare and ghosts. And you then there's one that only has four pixels and it's Call of Duty declassified. Mm-hmm. You won't see that but I think it's just as important because like yeah because there's there I guess are I could I guess games. I could see th- I you're really turning me around on this take. <laughs> I, I'm really starting to see where you're coming like, from. Because even now, like, there's a lot of like terrible things that people are like, especially on, like YouTube creators are just going back to how awful they are and now like making a living just reviewing them. Like sneaking always comes up, even though no one like really. Remembers it should be about said. Sneaking. It should be said that Dalton is saying sneak king. Sneak king. Mm-hmm. That is the that Burger is King, the Burger King Xbox 360 game. One of the that had ones one thousand points in achievements. It was a full release mm. game. Yep, from Burger King, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of considered one of the worst games ever. Yet people like have this. People remember it for all the wrong reasons, and it will go down in history as something no one should remember, but it will be. <laughs> it's it's something. A, a See, good 
Okay, you, you can go ahead and interrupt you. I would say that there are some things that don't necessarily matter, though. And this is where I think we could really have a discussion. Like, um, one of my favorite series is Dead Space. Uh-huh. One and two are some of the best survival horror game. Like, I think Dead Space is the epitome of that third-person shooter survival horror genre. Like, I think it is the best version of that that exists. Mm-hmm. Dead Space 3, like... I think Dead Space 1 and 2 matter in in their place in the survival horror genre. I don't think Dead Space 3 really matters to be remembered because I don't think Dead Space as a series is incredibly important. And I don't think Dead Space 3 with its mediocrity is something that really necessarily needs to be remembered. I could see that because there's a lot of people like I love the Rocky franchise and the people who love that franchise tend to like forget the fifth one ever happened. So Mm -hmm. everything ended in Rocky Four, and then they rebooted it. Five never happened. They, they didn't even acknowledge five in the reboot. Uh, no, uh, I don't. Th- uh, I don't think they did. Honestly, they didn't uh, acknowledge it, but they also didn't retcon it. Yeah. Okay. They did not. I do not. Write I do not like it. when people retcon things because. Okay, this is my argument for what you said about Dead Space okay. One and Two. So Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay. And two of two of the best sci-fi movies. Yeah. Two of the best time. sci-fi movies of all time. Three and four. Three and uh, Resurrection or whatever it is. It's Resurrection. Yeah, are awful. Yes. The thing is, you can absolutely tell if something's going to be terrible, and it's sci-fi by the subtitle. If the it's resurrection is, or revelations or Genesis, they're yeah. part of the aliens franchise. But aliens, you like it. aliens as a franchise <laughs> is important. Aliens. I'm arguing fran- that Dead Space as a franchise isn't important, but Dead Space as its two entries of one and two are important. I I don't know if we can say like that. Alien Three or Dead Space Three are not important because. The people making them probably thought they were important too. They, they, there, there, there's art behind it, and to say like a certain art is more important than I, I like certain art more than others. I could walk into a museum and be, I can pick and choose what I like, and you know I'm gonna come out of there and I know everything in there was art, but I liked certain things. You don't like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an artist. I'm, I'm hor- all right, Andy Warhol. I don't like every Andy Warhol painting, but I know Andy Warhol's painting and work are important. I know like certain ones I don't. I don't like the Campbell soup one. Like it's to me. Like I okay Andy Warhol. Like, do you get the point of Andy Warhol's art though? Like pop art itself, or just Andy Warhol's art itself? Well, yes, they are almost one in the same. Yeah, I I I, I get it, but like, it doesn't mean I I like certain pieces. Okay, that's but fair. I I I I can't just I I don't know. There's something like in me that I can't just say like that's that's not art to me like all of it is but I can pick and choose what I like and I think like we, that having that available like having that option of having like all the art there and I can pick and choose what I like so like okay. having all the dead spaces there yeah you like one and two but someone might like three and to say like three is not important removes that person's like ability to choose that and that's like something that worries me like about art and like losing art is that like if we pick and choose the important things like who's doing that and like you know to me but don't you believe that there's like a reason that some things are naturally forgotten like because there's only so much that i think can really exist in our in consciousness consciousness at one time and i think that's the reason why some games are just naturally forgotten like who remembers cool borders you do just right now no no i remember cool borders too I can't remember a moment of Cool Borders. Also, the, all the like, it's like there's ports for all the movies that came out. Like, no one's gonna remember those. There's a reason those things have fallen out of the consciousness. 
But someone, I guarantee we go on YouTube, there's someone, there's a gameplay video. There's someone out there who finds I really think it would be a more, like, interesting way to judge this is if someone was streaming that thing. Like, someone was actively paying attention to that game. But there's always someone who's going to get a response out of something that maybe you didn't or find something important that maybe you didn't. I wonder if someone right now is playing the Monsters, Inc. game. There's a good there there's a good chance that maybe that's their game. That's the that's the pinnacle of their version of art. And it's this is something I And I've you had think that's enough? I think that's enough. I think just it's, it being the game for someone. I think it's I think it being the game for someone cuz I know for my my sake if I had something like that if I was that attached to I'll just throw this out. I like Kane and Lynch, the first Kane and Lynch. I love that <laughs> game to death. I do. Jake, we need to play Kane and Lynch together sometime. Kane and Lynch is great. And, like, I know that it's not that good of a game. And it's I know, so like, I even kind of like the second one a little bit. Okay, I know, well, now we're just, now we have to fight. I know that they're not good games, but I don't want to forget that Kane and Lynch existed. And I don't want people to forget that Kane and Lynch existed because there's things with Kane and Lynch that I think, like, deserve to be remembered. See, an interesting way I would argue for that is for one of the like one thing that always gets archived automatically are books like if it's published it's automatically archived somewhere like someone has Which... like transcripts okay and the good thing about those is like in the past books and stuff are a good thing to go back in the history of things mm-hmm. whereas maybe not necessarily every game like has some sort of historical context but there are certain things they can go back and it's like this is how life was sort they of ki- they kind of explain that moment in culture mm-hmm. you comparing it to books has absolutely sold me on this idea because if you like play a grand theft auto game like it's different times like if you play grand theft auto 3 it's 100 like you as long as you understand that it's a satire you can take so much of the culture just exactly. from a mm-hmm. grand theft auto game and even the even the shovelware stuff you can see what was being made at the time like this is this was the the crap that was getting put on the Wii it all holds like that kind of i mean like there's an i guess it's you a, could, it's like a snapshot it's a snapshot yeah you know a ninja bread man is just as important as a last of us okay that's still that's <laughs> i'm not going to agree with that i'm going to say that's inherently wrong you could say what kids are interested in cuz i'm going to i'm going to say something being someone's game that's enough to make it important i'm not going to say that's enough to make it important <laughs> as important as something that fundamentally altered the culture of gaming okay i can i i will concede that that somewhat yeah i i have my my own thoughts about maybe I just love Ninja Bird Man so much that do I, you maybe that's my game do you though maybe that's my game these I remember people, it. Could go, people could go back and like what were these people's obsession with ninjas back in the early two thousands that is absolutely that is, true yeah for real you though. could look at all the ninjas because there was like the half size ninja gingerbread man we need to co- ninja guy we need to archive all the Sonic stuff so generations all from the now, Sonic stuff is archived we can go back and Every, go through the whole all of the line. Sonic games have been stolen at this point someone <laughs> has all of them well that's why it's important they can go back Sonic the Boom whole thing. is the integral time when everything flipped on its head you and the thought world it was bad apart. in two thousand. Six, honey. Let me show you. Boom. <laughs> and then, yeah, the nice library man puts you in a room with a Wii U and a copy of Sonic Boom. And some aspirin. And some aspirin. Okay, so we're gonna we're we're gonna call it pretty soon here. But I I have a question for you guys. What is one game that you're worried might be forgotten in the future that you think deserves its attention? Hmm. Ooh. That is one you gotta like, really think on. You, got, like, you guys can think about it for a sec because I've got mine okay. for sure. I'm worried that Sunset Overdrive isn't going to get a sequel, and I'm and therefore I'm worried that it's just going to go under the radar. That game so fundamentally to me 
is something that the games industry needed at the time that it happened, which was something that wasn't half-hearted. It felt like a full team of developers put all of their passion into every aspect of that game. And I feel like that is a snapshot of an ideal during a time when gaming was kind of on a downturn. Mm -hmm. And I think that deserves to be remembered. Mm -hmm. I would think, I don't know if it's possible now, but with the role of World of Warcraft as it was, like how Ooh. big it bit has been has like culturally, like World of Warcraft put gaming, I think, in like the limelight, like both positively and negatively in ways. But the thing is, World of Warcraft has evolved so much, people will never really be able to experience the original form that Which it was. Which was crap. Like if anyone has played vanilla World of Warcraft, it is garbage. It's, have, <laughs> it's like some you have to experience like, wow. This is what people had to play you beforehand. You have to experience it like, wow, Dalton. <laughs> how else would uh, you no. experience wow? Okay, but I'm it's so interesting sorry. how like different iterations you will never be able to visit upon. Like you can you can't really see how it evolved. You can't backload unless a game. you were there at the time. Yeah, that's one of those things that I've actually um found really interesting. When I there's um a couple of games on Steam Greenlight, I think it is, or some some function like that. I can't remember what it is, but Good Old Games does that. Good Old Games, that's it. Good Old Games just recently announced, like, started doing their thing, where people can early access games, but you can't go back to any version of the game before that if you want to. And that is something that I think needs to happen. Like, especially with games that continue to live, mm -hmm. the ability to revert back to an older version is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Jake? See, this is going to be hard because I was going to pick Check Quest, which was a... What is that? A game that came with boxes <laughs> of checks. Mix. Oh my check god, mix. what? <laughs> and <laughs> I've heard about this. <laughs> to me... I've, I still have that game saved at my house. It's still there. You can load it up on a computer. And I the reason I think I just want to save it is just because, like, this was, like, what people – what non-gamers thought gaming was. And, like, to me, any outside input of, like – I would save, like, the PETA games because as awful as those are, those are not made by people who understand games. But they bring a beautiful, like they, – They are not made by people, people who understand games. And, like, Chex Quest – literally took the Doom engine and added checks mix to it. Like, you shoot... You, you have you a shoot milk gun, I think. You have a milk no, gun. No, you have a laser milk. gun. A laser gun. Yeah, but with a checks mix like thing on it. And you have a spoon that you eat like slime with. and your the main character's head like is just a checks and it just gets... That's his right? armor. It gets, it gets milkier and milkier. Like, it, it has right in the middle of the screen a checks piece and the it just milk mix, starts pouring down it. The checks mix is his armor. Like, it closes in on his face and, like, you just see his eyes out of, like, the two slits. That I, I I have that one. I have the Crunchberries game. Okay, I remember that the Crunchberries game. Remember just because of the parody factor, and it, even if it wasn't a parody, it's just. Chex Mix also had the great intro where uh, a Cheerio comes up to the Chex warrior and is named General Mills, and is like, "We lost some men on Mars, Chex Master. You need to go get them." <laughs> and I'm just like, to Chex me, Master. yeah, anything like that, like. We're, uh, People who don't understand gaming making games, please save those because we like. I get why you're saying this, but I feel just... like you're trying to hurt me on a personal. I guess. Level. All right, another game I, I would say I like. Remember um, when games were treated as an art form, but they were this pieces of crap. Yeah, remember when you know? Remember when thought... Taco Bell made a BMX game? Oh, I, I have would... that on one of my old computers. 
I would save like um some some uh Indiana Jones Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. I played that game on Which the one PC. was that? Was it, that the second on one N64. that was a text adventure? No. Oh, okay. it was on the N64, but it was also ported to the PC. Really good. Um, LucasArts, I would save a bunch of LucasArts games because they LucasArts killed it. Yeah, I would save a bunch of LucasArts games because, like, <laughs> save Monkey Island, <laughs> save Monkey Island. Like, a lot of those games are important. Like, they they're at the forefront of a lot of the start of many genres, and like, that's what I would want to save. Like that and checks checks quests. Yeah. Just just a game made by someone who doesn't. People who didn't know what gaming was. I get mm-hmm. that. Okay, so that's basically it for us tonight. Remember, if you see Steam stocks start falling, install all of your games. Yes, install all your games. Invest in ChexQuest CDs. Absolutely. That'll be worse than Those, like, the stock market the, crash. The ChexQuest CDs are actually going to be our currency in a post-apocalyptic future. Absolutely. Okay, with me, <laughs> with me tonight, I have... Dalton Martin. <laughs> and Jake Doolin. And I am Chase Streetman, and we are signing off the night. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya.